Welcome to the Must Love Self podcast. My name is Carly Israel and I am your host. What is Must Love Self all about? It's about our bodies, our worth, and our voices. It is a movement, an attitude, it is a decision, it is a project, it is a journey, it is a life choice. Every week I get to interview a brave woman who may not be perfect, but is on the path and is willing to share their ugly and their beautiful. I have been really looking forward to this interview because I have one of my gurus on here. Sarah, will you introduce yourself? Yes. So I'm Sarah Heilman. I am a nutrition and health coach plus personal trainer. And I started a business called Strong Bold Healthy. It kicked off in like 2018, but basically it's to help women or to empower women to kind of take control of their lives again by focusing on nutrition, focusing on movement and then mindset around food, around fitness, right? So kind of stepping away from the diet culture and really stepping into their own and figuring out what works for them. Let's just give a little bit of background to the listeners. So Sarah and I met in a Facebook group It was the plant-based endurance group. Yes. Sarah and I met in the plant-based endurance group. I was at one of my lowest points with my body stuff. I was, I have not been physically abusive to my body, which is up to debate now. And now that I'm doing all this muscle of self stuff. And I think I actually was, when I say I wasn't being physically abusive, I wasn't doing the old behaviors of bulimia or anorexia. I wasn't starving myself. I wasn't making myself throw up. I wasn't using things to make myself go to the bathroom or, or throw up. To me, that was like active that I'd stopped at 21. And then from 21 until about two years ago, I was restricting myself. I had a lot of mean self-talk. I had a lot of rules that I made for myself. And I punished myself with the internal stuff. And so Sarah and I met on a Facebook group because I had broken a foot from, which I constantly do from uh, exercising. And I personally think it's because I had a, I ruined my body when I was younger and Sarah reached out and we just started messaging. And she basically was like, if you want help, I can help you. And I didn't need help, like figuring out like, how do I eat and how do I exercise? Even though she helped me with that. I said, I don't want to live like this anymore. And will you share a little bit now of your background and how you felt confident enough to say you don't have to live like this anymore? Yeah. So um, in my teenage years, I dealt with a lot of anxiety, depression, and disordered eating. I had a lot of negative influences, I guess, within my family and within the media, right? We're kind of always comparing ourselves to women in the media and this expectation of what health looks like. And I was always a slightly bigger girl. I had a little extra meat on me. (laughs) I was never skinny. But when I was, I think, 21 years old, so I'm 32 now, when I was 21, I basically had what I think was a nervous breakdown. (laughs) I was living away from my family at the time, and I had all these additional responsibilities, and food was my coping mechanism. And, you know, I remember 
you know, getting off of work and going from fast food restaurant to fast food restaurant, literally stuffing my face and then trying to hide the evidence. Cause I'm like, I don't want to be that person. Like that's not who I am or what I want to do. I hit my low moment in that time. And I was transitioning from a community college to university. So there was all this change going on. Again, food was my coping mechanism, but I, I literally hated my life. I sat on the sidelines of life. I didn't participate in life. I wouldn't go to parties. I wouldn't uh, wear a bathing suit. Because you were so insecure? Insecure. um, And it's not that I thought like I was like an ugly person or anything like that. Like, right. I thought I had like nice features and things like that, but I was just so the body I was in, cause I was 204 pounds. When you look at someone who is maybe that size, you don't think eating disorder, right? Cause when we think of eating disorders, we think of anorexia, we think of blaming. I'm we so glad you brought this up because yeah, people we think, think you have to look like a lollipop in order to have an eating disorder. Yeah. It's just not true. And you know, it was something I hid for a very long time. And I think, you know, my family probably had hints or that like I was, had some sort of, but nothing was ever done about it. And I hit a point where I'm like, I don't want to live like this anymore. I can't live like this because this is no life, right? For me, I didn't feel like it was. And so then I called my doctor and I (laughs) just spilled the beans on everything. And it was weird because it was so scary to do that and to admit that I needed help. But also it was the catalyst for everything I have in my life today for, you know, the changes that have taken place to where I have overcome disordered eating, depression, anxiety. I've learned to communicate. I've learned to set boundaries and I've just learned to really love myself and my body. And I don't have a perfect body. I call it flawlessly flawed, (laughs) but had I not sought help, you know, who knows where I would have been. I probably wouldn't have been here to be completely honest. We're going to get there because I want to really kind of dive into that. Before we do, I want to ask you some of the basics that I ask everybody. Why did you say yes to this interview? Well, because I love you. Oh, I love you too. (laughs) Uh, I just think it's really important, you know, through my nutrition and health coaching. Like I said, I do a lot of mindset work in the sense of, I I teach women to, you know, just be gentle with themselves, to give themselves grace because nobody is perfect. We're never going to be perfect. So stop trying to be perfect and show that on the outside. A lot of times we're trying to put up this wall of perfectionism, right? When on the inside we're crumbling, you know, it's just a false reality. You see everyone's highlight reels, but you never really see what's going on underneath of that or the, you know, the behind the scenes. And so I think it's, I like, I wanted to do this because I think there's just so much more to know that's just what's on the surface. There is. Uh, before we get through anything, I want to get your scale between one and 10. And we're going to get into scales because Sarah and I have an issue with scales, but we're going to get into, I want to know what you would rate yourself one to 10. One self, I'm really mean. 10 is I'm aware I'm a pretty incredible human being. I want you to give me two different numbers for each category. One is where you are right now. And one is the lowest you've been. So what would you rate yourself right now in terms of your own body image? Um, I would say between a nine and 10. That's pretty damn high lady. And <laughs> what would you rate yourself as the lowest it's ever been? Oh, um, I w- <laughs> does it get below zero? No. <laughs> I'll just write that zero. <laughs> and was that when you were going through what you were just describing? 
Oh yeah. I had some really, really dark days. Even before I, like I had a dark day. I remember I was like 14 years old. You know, when you consider whether or not you should still be walking this earth, that's a pretty dark day. You got suicidal because you hated yourself. Yeah. I just didn't like my life. I, yeah. And I didn't know how to, how to get out of the, the, the hole I felt like I was in. Um, this yeah, is so that- important because must love self is not just about body stuff. So obviously that was the first conversation starter for many of us. Like, yes, it's, I can easily talk to you about, I, I wish I wasn't like this. I wish I didn't look like this, mm-hmm. but then we get under the hood and we're like, oh, this is about so much more. This is about our worth our place in society, our place in our families, where we feel we're enough. This is about using our voice. And so I don't personally believe that the reason why you wanted out or you didn't want to be on this planet at 14, like I didn't want to at nine was because of body stuff only. It's so much more. It's so so much more. Mm -hmm. What, What about your worth? What would you rate your ability to know that you are worthy to be in all the places you are? So I would say between an eight and 10. It okay. varies from day to day. Sometimes what brings it down? There's imposter syndrome, I yeah. think. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But I, I love think that. we all have that from time to time, right? It's never going to be a steady 10 every day because that would be a lie. Yes. Right? It's like asking your energy. It goes, it comes and goes. Um, same thing with, you know, our thoughts about ourselves. And some days, you know, we have wonderful thoughts other days (laughs) is your imposter stuff more related to career it is it is yeah because I want to make sure that I'm giving everything I can to my clients and I'm making a huge impact on their lives and you know sometimes like I feel like I'm like oh man I don't think that clicked but I'm not sure but you know then I get a call like months later and you know a woman's like Sarah I've been thinking about you everything you taught me and I just want to say like Thank you. And it's like, holy crap. I thought yep. I didn't get through to her, but something, something got through. Right. And yes. so I think it's in those moments that I'm like, you know what? I'm on the right track. I'm doing all that I can do for these other women. And that's, that's what matters. And that's what I need to continue to focus on. Not what I can't do. Right. What about your ability to use your voice to advocate for yourself? Oh, that's a, like a nine, 10. Nice. <laughs> what is the lowest that's been? Uh, below zero. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and when was that during that time or when you were a teenager? Oh, that was probably for the first, I would say 20, 20, 21 years of my life. I didn't know how to communicate. I was always a yes person. Um, even if I was putting myself out, right. It didn't matter because I wanted to be there for other people. I didn't want to hurt their feelings or I didn't want to, you know, um, not live up to their expectations, but I'm guessing it had to do with your worth also, because when I know that my worth is, and I know I deserve certain things and that I'm also allowed to to take time for myself and take care of myself, I'm not going to be a yes person to everyone because that's going to be impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, um, my worth, obviously it's gotten better over the years, obviously, but it really was, it took me, you know, going to therapy, um, learning how to communicate, learning how to set boundaries. Like I knew I was worth it. I feel like I've always kind of had that, um, like a hint of that, no matter what state I was in, like I knew I was worth it, but 
just something over the past 10 years has just clicked for me. And, you know, now I put myself first because if I'm not putting myself first, it might sound selfish, but if you don't put yourself first, then how are you showing up into the world for everyone else? Probably not as your best self. I want to go back to when you were a little girl. Will you tell me what you saw around you as women in your life, whether it was mother, family members, social pressure you were mentioning, what you saw positive or negative or both of what a woman is supposed to be like, act like, look like, not be like, what was your impression of what woman and beauty was? Uh, I think I had a lot of negative influences at the time. I didn't know it was negative. Right. Um, so my, my mother, I love her dearly. Um, (laughs) she, so it's, it was me, it was my sister who was six years older than me. And then, um, my mom. And so the three of us, I have two brothers and my dad was around. It was my mom. She showed her love through cooking for people and giving people food. But she was also the type of person who would have like a scoop of like mashed potatoes and call it a meal. And, you know, so it was kind of like I she would give food to people. But so she, she restricted, food. but Very she wanted to feed else. you. She wanted to feed everyone else because that was her. That's like her love language, giving food. And um, she makes homemade candies and things like that. We always had ice cream in the house. Um, we didn't have a whole lot of um, <laughs> snacks growing up. Like my, my, there are four of us siblings, right? So, you know, my parents weren't the wealthiest people in the world. We weren't the poorest. We survived. But like if Oreos came in the house, I remember my mom would like hide them <laughs> because if she didn't, we would eat them within a couple of days, like, because we never got them. So it was like this treat that, you know, so it's almost like a game of hide and seek with the food, right? Were you aware that she was not eating the same way that she was trying to feed you? I think so. Yeah, I was, I was pretty aware of that. And not only that, I think um, just comments about her own body, like she would look in the mirror all the time, she would try on her jeans and um, be like, oh, these are so tight or something like that. Right. But I'm looking at that because I could fit when I was in the fifth grade, I could fit in her clothes. So when she was calling herself right. know, fat or saying that I need to go on a diet on Monday, but you could wear like, them, but I could wear her clothes. Right. How, like, what does that mean? Is, yeah. What does that mean about me? So what about your sister? Was she in the same world as you? So my sister, six years older, right? So I feel like I started like dieting or um, really started watching like foods that I ate when my, um, my mom and my sister, so my sister would have been like 16 at the time, right? So again, that's another, you know, girls are developing and like, it's just a whole other aspect of being a woman. Your body's changing. Right. Yeah. And so I remember, um, she and my mom would be like, okay, we're going to do like this diet, like a a cabbage diet or the saltine and cottage cheese diet. Disgusting. And I was 10, right? And I'm like, oh, I want to do that too. Right, because you want to be part of. I could, yeah, and I could lose some weight, right? And so I did, and I and, but I was a perfectionist at heart and I would take it to the extreme. And, you know, that's where, you know, I would restrict and then binge. So I didn't have a lot of great female influences in my life to show me what having um, self-esteem looked like, what having worth, body worth, 
looked like or just worth in general, not even body, um, but a good like body image. My mom would exercise all the time to Jane Fonda in the living room like during the day. I would join in sometimes. You know, it was just kind of this, you know, we eat healthy, right? But then when it came time to like for dinner or something like that, my mom would be like, oh, here's some more mashed potatoes with gravy. <laughs> here's this. <laughs> when did you notice that your body was changing, that you got to a point where you were self-conscious of it? So I feel like I, I developed kind of late, um, which I loved. I prayed for that, to be honest, because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't want any changes. to go. <laughs> um, but I think that my body really started to change when I was like 14 or 15. But I was more aware of my body. I think I was aware of it when I was like seven or eight years old, whether it was with my, you know, I had a really good friend growing up with, she's a beautiful girl, um, you know, nice tan skin, blue eyes. And here I was, you, I like, you couldn't see my eyebrows. I had <laughs> hair on the world, yeah. pale skin, like, and so I'd freckles everywhere. And, you know, I really compared myself, I think to her do you know that every single woman that I've interviewed and every single woman that has written on a questionnaire said they've compared themselves to other women? Yeah. And that's, I don't do that anymore, but back then, you know, like, because when we would like, we would hang out together all the time, you know, I was seven or eight years old and we'd go to, I remember this one time we stopped at a convenience store and we were walking in and an older woman stopped my friend said, Oh my gosh, you were so beautiful. You could model. And, you know, when you're hearing that about somebody else and like, you're not even acknowledged, it, it doesn't settle well. Right? So I just love what you just said that we in our society get acknowledged by our beauty. And when you're not acknowledged, you feel unseen. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's a really horrible feeling. And I've been there. At what point did you start being abusive to your body and did your mom ever step in and say like, what's going on? Or did she ever criticize like what was happening? When did your body start to change? Oh man. Um, so I started dieting when I was what, 10 started exercising when I was 10, I played sports. Um, but I would say when I was 12 or 13, that's when disordered eating started happening and didn't become full blown until about 14 years old. Um, can you identify, is there a difference between disordered eating and eating disorder? Not really. I feel like there's just this weird stigmatism behind eating disorder because people think, oh, anorexia, bulimia, right? Right. When you've got overeating, binging, like restricting. Yeah. There are all these different. So I like to say disordered eating as opposed, as opposed to labeling labeling it as a, an eating disorder. It makes sense because there is a stereotype. I mean, I, I picture the after school specials. I remember one where this girl was binging and she would eat a whole bag of carrots so she could use it as her marker. So when she threw up, she knew to stop when she got to the carrots. Like it was like, yeah. that was an eating disorder to me. So I like that concept of disordered eating because we're not eating for health or nutrition or to be strong and to be fit and to feel good. We're eating in a way that is disordered. Yeah. yeah. And so did your, at what point did you go from, you know, did you reach the 204 pounds? At what point did your body change to that point? I ballooned up to 204 pounds. I would say when I was like 19, 20 years old. And that was because I vowed to myself, I'm like, okay, I will never 
I, so it was basically bulimia because even though bulimia wasn't, you know, it wasn't in my life, like for years, I had bouts of it. I'll, I'll say that I had bouts of it. So I vowed. Did anyone know? If they did, they never told me. Did you have friends that talk about how they didn't like their bodies or anything like that? Yeah. And I think that was, yeah, I think, you know, when you get around just women in general, there always be someone who is negatively talking about themselves. I literally just came from, I went to dinner with um, some of some bridesmaids this past weekend and they're all talking about like their bodies. And <laughs> one of them said, what about you, Sarah? What don't you like? And I said, well, I love myself now. Cause there are a lot of things I didn't like in the past. And they're like, Oh, good for you. Like, but it's like every single one of them had something negative to say. So I think just groups of women in general, there's always going to be someone who speaks negatively about themselves. But yeah, so I, I vowed to never, you know, engage in Did something happened that made you make that vow. I think uh, one time when I threw up, I saw blood and it's, you got scared. Me. Yeah. It scared me. Yeah. Because I you, like, I, I love to sing and I'm like, holy crap. If like, I don't have my voice, what am I going to do? Like, I like, so you got scared. So you made a decision. I'm not going to do this again. And then what I'm happened to do this again? And then I ballooned up to 204 pounds. And then, you know, there was a year after that, where I'm just like, that weight scared me because I couldn't do a whole lot physically. I felt really uncomfortable with myself. I wore a lot of baggy clothes. Um, and then there was, I was in community college at the time. I remember I was running late for a class and, um, I literally like walked as fast as I could to this class. And by the time I got there, I couldn't go in because I was so out of breath. I was sweating profusely. My calves were burning and I'm like, okay. So I just sat down on a table outside of the classroom and started like deep breathing. And I'm like, I can't, this has to be the change. Right. So then after that, I started, I signed up for like a wellness walking class and I did, um, you know, I signed up for some other fitness classes in the college and I just watched kind of what I was eating. So instead of going to, we have Wawa's in Maryland. I don't know what you have, yeah. but like, instead of going and getting a cappuccino every day, the 20 ounce, I would get, you know, the 12 ounce and just making small changes like that. And I started to drop weight. Um, it wasn't a lot, right. It was a little bit at a time, but it was enough to, that I was happy with and I could live with. And, um, so I guess I didn't mention this. So I actually had a breast reduction surgery. I was very, um, heavy chested. And at 20, was that something you were self-conscious about your whole life? Once you, I mean, I developed right around like 15, 16 years old. So like, yeah, I hated it because I couldn't, I played softball and I played soccer growing up and just the weight of having, a yeah. that's right. The pain I'd have in my upper back, my sister had had, um, a reduction. And so I saw her go through the process and I'm like, you know what, that's what I want because I'm tired of wearing, you know, a at what age did you do that? 21 years old. It was, or 20 years old. It was the best decision I'd ever made for myself, but I knew that going into surgery, I needed to be healthier. Um, just because the risk of, you know, something going wrong is going to be lower. Right. So, you know, I, I, I exercised a little bit more. I was more mindful of my eating. And I think at that point I'd gotten down to like 175 pounds. I had the reduction and then I felt like a million bucks because I was, um, 
you know, I could do things. You a new body. Like, I, yeah, I could do things physically that I wasn't able to do before, like run without, you know, being in pain, wearing, right? Being in pain or wearing like three sports bras. Like it was just, you know, I felt like a normal girl, I guess. Um, and then probably a year and a half, two years later. So at that point, I'd gotten down, my weight dropped a little bit more. Um, but then I moved out of my parents' house because I was transferring to a university um, from community college and I wanted to be close to the university. It would have been a 45 minute commute otherwise. I'm like, no, I'll be closer to the school. Um, But changes and new things like didn't go well with me. I was very, (laughs) I was very used to my, my routine with my family. And so when I didn't have my support system around me, Um, When I moved and I was at a new job, which was stressful, Um, I was going into a new school, which scared the heck out of me because I didn't know where anything was, where any of the classes were. Um, It was just, it was just too much. And then I realized that I started, I started binging again. And then the bulimia came back. You can see it when you talk about it, because for a lot of us, it's about control because everything feels out of control. And so there's going to be, I'm going to control this one thing since I have no control over so many other things. And that was when you were like, I can't do this anymore because you threw up the blood and then you ended up outside of the classroom. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you a question and we're going to talk about something that is something that we've talked about before. When I started working with you, I was very, very clear. Like I was like, I have had eating disorders my whole life. I cannot count calories. I cannot count portions. Those, cause I know that about myself. I know it makes me insane. And you said, get rid of your scale. And I was so afraid when you told me to get rid of my scale, because one time I didn't use my scale for like a year. And then when I went to the doctor's office, I was shocked by the number I saw, but not in an exciting way. Mm-hmm. And I thought that if I got rid of my scale, I was just going to be completely out of control and I was going to have no control. And you asked me, do you remember what you asked me? Um, does it, has it ever brought you happiness? I think that was the question. Yeah. And there's been zero times it's brought me happiness. I've thought about this before. So I had my scale at the most recent place before we got rid of it is in my bathroom and which I share with my boys and I would pull it out from underneath the, you know, the sink And I would take off all my clothes because God forbid I had like an ounce on to count. Right. And I would be afraid to step on it to see what the number was, because in my mind, I'd been so air quote good or whatever rules I was applying in my life. And then I would feel good about myself before I stepped on the scale. And then I would get on the scale and the number wouldn't be what I thought it should be. And then I would go in the shower and the shower was like solitary confinement with my brain. And it was like, I would just go through all the things I was eating and what could I stop doing and what could I cut out? And oh, now you need this rule, this rule. And it was exhausting. And I did that with exercise too. And so when I met you, I had broken my foot and, and I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm not okay. And you told me to get rid of that scale. And before I'd like put it in the basement, you're like, no, throw it out. And I threw it in our like nasty garbage in a place I would never want to go again. And it's gone. I've not gotten on the scale in two years. Uh, I've always turned around at the doctor's office, but I've got to tell you that was one of the biggest deals for me. My question to you is, does everyone need to throw away the scale or is it just people like me who have disordered eating? Hmm. 
It's a good question. So I have a scale in my house, but I don't let that number on it. I don't let it skew my opinion of myself or, you know, tell me that I haven't put efforts in, right? Because I'm at a place in my life where exercise is um, an opportunity for my body, right? To to move and to get a break from the work day. And I really, I enjoy it. I watch Netflix shows while I exercise, right? Okay. Um, so it's just my time for myself. Um, and then with nutrition, I love vegetables. I love, I love healthy foods. I love the way I feel when I eat healthy foods or healthier foods. Um, and, you know, so what, despite what the scale might say on like my end, it, you know, I, it really depends on the, so the scale doesn't skew, decide how your day is going to be. No, not at all. So what would you say to the listener that it does that like me, that number can take them from being okay to being in solitary confinement. Throw it away. Right. Throw it away. Um, and that's because, you know, if again, like I told you, I'm like, has it ever brought you happiness? You said no. And never, it, not that it brings me happiness either. It kind of gives me like guidelines. Cause I know when I'm like feeling a little bit heavier, if my, you know, if my jeans are feeling a little bit tighter, so it kind of, it's like, okay, well let's refocus Sarah. Right. Let's, you know, be more mindful about our choices, but it's not like hate talk or anything like that. It's not like, oh, I've got to restrict all of my food today. No, I, I don't do that anymore. Um, but you know, for someone who does do that, I would say, try to pay attention to your energy levels from day to day. Like, how are you feeling? Right. Like, look at yourself in the mirror, pick out three things that you love about yourself and focus on those. My husband and I live in different States. So we take lots of fun pictures and only when he finally started listening to must love self did he reach out to me and he's like because i've always been like look you can have the fun pictures of me because he thinks i'm like amazing looking and i'm like god bless you you can have the fun pictures of me but i get to edit them and he would get so mad because he didn't want me to like take away the ones i didn't like and after listening to a number of episodes he's like that's your body and those are your images and if you're gonna let me be lucky enough to have them in my phone you have complete editing and i and i always want to edit out like the belly that i don't like if I had a place on my body where like, I, I could say I dislike my, it would be my stomach. Right. Because that's where I carried all of my weight. I have stretch marks. I have loose skin. I have a hell of an abdomen beneath the fat, right? but it's hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. I have a very hardcore and I can feel it. Right. She makes us do these really amazing weight stuff. (laughs) Like that's awesome with the, with the abs, but it's still covered by our skin. Right. It is. Yeah. And, you know, I think I can tell you, you know, my stomach is kind of a reminder of where I was and where I am now. And I look at it and I have an overhang, I have overhanging skin and I'm not going to say, sit here and say, I haven't thought about getting like a tummy tuck or something because I've never had that in my life. I've never had, never not had loose skin on my body or like excess fat or anything like that. And not saying that's an issue. I'm very fine with my body. But I'm like, I wonder what that would feel like, right? But you know what I also want to address with this? And then we're going to get into lightning round is mm-hmm. I want everyone that's listening to not feel any sort of shame or judgment around women that do want to do things for their body to make themselves feel more comfortable, not for somebody else. So I've been lucky enough to have three babies and my boobs are not where they were when I originally started, right? Mm-hmm. I don't need them bigger. I just like them higher. I want them, <laughs> you know, there was a um, can't. Cameron Diaz was in one of those movies and she's like, 
she would show herself in the mirror and she, which she sucks because she's like I'm ridiculous right but she's like raising her hand she goes 23 year old boobies 28 year old boobies and like they go up and down and yeah I had three c-sections so I have like a little shelf of a scar mm-hmm. and hell yeah I would love to do that and I don't think there's shame in that I think that yeah. every woman gets to decide for themselves what is right for them no judgment especially from us women like whatever makes you feel awesome go for it right mm-hmm. do you remember if you brought a quotation today everything in your life is a reflection of a choice you have made if you want a different result make a different choice I love that because it empowers us that it's on us yeah you have choices every day Can I just tell you how grateful I am that you didn't get what you thought you wanted to not be here because you make my world better. Oh, I know what I want to talk about before we start. Yeah. So Sarah and I definitely differ in the approach or the belief about the side-by-side pictures. And I have talked about this before and I want this to just be dispelled here. Again, just like I believe in everything of muscle itself, every woman has to find what works for them. The side-by-side picture that Sarah puts out that many women put out of what they looked like before and what they look like after, that's like a trigger for me. Like that messes with my disordered eating brain and that yucky place. And then it makes me feel like, well, was the Sarah on the left not worthy and as good as the Sarah on the right? And are we only supposed to think that the Sarah on the right is beautiful and worthy of our attention? And Then I want to ask you, because I know that for you, it's empowering. And for you, it's a tool to help other women. And there's a lot of women that see that and that they're inspired and it helps them. So can you shed light on the positive aspect of that? Yeah, I think that, you know, we can look at a side by side of just me at my 204 pound self, right? Like, even if you, you said, oh, what's the difference? And there was no difference. The difference is, is that, you know, one had a very skewed mindset about what health was and she, she couldn't communicate. She had <laughs> disordered eating. She had anxiety. She was scared to go anywhere, do anything out of the norm um, or take a chance on herself. Um, she, you know, was depressed. She would spend hours upon hours just in the dark in her room and her bed, like getting out of bed was hard. And then we look at the other Sarah, right. And she's kind of broken free of those chains of those things that held her back. Like you said earlier, it wasn't, you know, disordered eating doesn't come from necessarily the, the fact that we have issues with food. It comes from all the other issues in our life that we don't know how to deal with. So, you know, that side-by-side photo of me is just kind of, um, you know, it's a representation of breaking free of depression, of anxiety, of gaining, finding worth within myself, finding strength and strength, not only like, you know, muscular strength, but the strength to get help and internal, right? Yeah, absolutely. So that makes so much more sense. And I just want to put this out there and I don't know what the right answer is, or if there is a right answer, but your definition and explanation of why you do that and what you're actually showing is so much more to me than what I see when I normally see that not with yours, with everybody's is The woman on the left, who's always bigger and usually in like shitty outfit, right? And then the woman on the right, who's got her shit together and he's got her filters on and she's like looking amazing and smiling. What that tells me, and I don't know if I'm only looking at it through my lens of having disordered eating for so many years, is the woman on the left, the one who's schlubby and in this outfit and is, you know, it's not going to be like a happy picture. I just see it as 
this size is compared to this size. And do you see she's happy here? But what I really wish we could say is like all those little bullet points. I couldn't communicate. I didn't like myself. I didn't believe I had worth because I think for women, it's a hard thing to see without only judging it on. I'm only good if I'm this size. Yeah. And I completely like, I, I agree with that. Right. Especially if you're caught up in a, a diet culture mindset, right. That will be the first thing that you see. Um, because I've kind of stepped out of that phase of my life. You know, I look at a before and after and complete transparency, you know, you're on social media, you can kind of tell, you can tell when someone's selling a weight loss product or whatever it may be. Right. So you can kind of weed out the people who really aren't there to show like, you know, that they're, they're living their life now they're they've, stepped from the sidelines and right. it to win it. Right. And the reason why I wanted to work with you wasn't because of that side-by-side. It was because you led with, I've been there too. Oh, you didn't come to me and say, do you want to get to the size? You said, do you want to be free? Right. And for me, it was not about size side-by-side. It was about this woman is in prison and this woman is free. Which yeah. one do you want to be? Mm-hmm. So that's really what I think, like if we could have a label instead of the 204, right. Because for some women, 204 is amazing, right? For some women, they're like, oh my God, I am, I'm, I'm loving myself at 204. Yeah. So we don't want to, like you said, I don't want to define myself by that number. So I just wanted to talk about that because it's a big topic, especially on social media. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I can see how a lot of, like I used to look at those uh, before and afters and I would have the same mindset as you, right? Where it, it was triggering and I'm like, oh man, I've got to restrict my food today. But I- like I said, we're, we're all at a different place in our journeys. And, you know, for me, it's just, it does represent a freedom that I love that. I'm thinking for explaining that. Yeah. And I try to, you know, I try in my captions and stuff. I try to like lead you through like a story of like where I was and where I am today. It's not about the weight. Yes. I can do a hell of a lot more now that I don't have, you know, extra weight on me. Like I can go on 17 mile hikes without feeling like I want to die. I can go scuba diving. Like I, I, I met the weight limit, right? Right. Um, yeah. So there are things like I couldn't, do, I physically couldn't do before that I can do now. And there's no shame in, you know, wanting to do those things. Right. It's about being okay with who you are and where you are. So we're going to get into lightning round. Okay. What would 80 year old Sarah say to you right now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 80 year old Sarah, just have fun, relax. Um, don't get caught up on the small things because they don't matter. What would you say to the Sarah that just got to the door of the class, sweaty and out of breath right now? If you could talk to her. There is change right around the corner, but you have to choose that change. Just like your quote. Yep. What is beautiful to you? Hmm. Authentic people. (laughs) What does it mean to be a strong woman? So there's mentally strong and there's physically strong. I think strong is admitting that, you know, that you need help. I think, yeah, there's strength in needing and vulnerability, right? Being vulnerable. What do you want others to say about you? Hmm. That I left them feeling like their best selves. Hmm. You, have, you just found out that you have six months to live. What do you want to do with the rest of the time? Hmm. I want to spend it with my family and I want to travel with them. Hmm and experience the world. Where's the first place you go? Maybe an unknown place. I don't know. (laughs) Last words. You get one piece of advice for every woman that's listening to hear. What do you want to say to them? 
Be kind to yourself. You are awesome. Thank you so much. Will you tell us how women can find you and how they can work with you? Yeah, you can find me at on my website at www.strongboldhealthy.com. I'm on Facebook at strong.bold.healthy um, or on Instagram. Um, but, you know, shoot me a message. Even if you just want to talk, if you don't want to hire me, that's okay. Like, I just love connecting with people and sharing my story and them sharing their stories because I think that's what makes us stronger all together when we can be vulnerable with with one another. And I want to include in the, the your YouTube videos because she's got some awesome little workouts that I do with my weights because I was under the impression that I could only do cardio and she's kicked my ass with just <laughs> 10 pound weights. Okay. And I mean, I'm a pretty badass now because of Sarah. So how do we find you on YouTube? Is it strong, bold, healthy? It's strong, bold, healthy. Yeah. I have a lot of, uh, like a lot of 30 minute, like at home workouts there. They're fabulous. So grateful that you said yes. And that you came on today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you are willing to rate review and share with your people, it makes such a difference for others to find it. And if you wanted to check out my memoir, Seconds and Inches, it's available on Amazon as an audiobook with me narrating, a paperback, and digital. I promise you, you will love it. Have an awesome day. And one more thing, there's absolutely nothing wrong with you. La, 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 la,